0: I think we're good to go. Hey, welcome. Let's do this. Okay, it says I'm live. So welcome, everybody. Good to see you. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger um, from DansFish.com. And it says, that's funny. I just switched to the, to the view screen. And it says it's waiting for me. Okay, I think I'm here. <laughs> anyway, we do this every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. PM, and um, yeah, that's what we do. So welcome, glad you're here. Hey everybody, Carbon Real, good to see you. <laughs> Small Fry, glad you made it. Dan Slee, lights, camera, watermelon rind. Yeah, check this out. So last week I had put in a big old chunk of watermelon in there for the plecos and the uaru and stuff, and they totally went to town. Like this is what's left. In fact. It's like clear right here. It's transparent. I mean, they ate this thing down to, to nothing. They loved it. So every time I have watermelon this summer, I'm going to throw some in the aquarium. And what surprised me was I expected the plecos to eat it. And I expected the uwaru to pick at it. What I did not expect is the uh, skunk quarries, the Corridor's erratus. Um, erratus? Why does that sound wrong right now? Um, Arcuatis, I think they were all over it and that really surprised me, but they would hang out on it almost all day long. And so I don't know if they were actively like trying to eat watermelon or if like biofilm grows on it real fast and they're like eating on that. I don't know, but the Corridoras like to hang out on it and play around on it and like suck on it. So they were doing something, and that surprised the heck out of me. I've never seen that before with Cory Doris, So, yeah. Um, Kayler, hey, Kaylor's Aquatics. Welcome, Bob. Good to see you. Just Shrimp Granny, great name. The Shrimp Granny. We also have the Guppy Granny. Hopefully, she can join us. Patricia, good to see you. Big Buck, howdy, howdy, howdy. We'll right back at you. Howdy Cubed. The fish tank barn. Hey, glad you made it. And pretty early, too. That's awesome. Um, 21 watching. Not too bad. I'm I'm not surprised, though, because Corey's doing kind of an awesome stream right now with Dean. So as soon as this is done, I'm going to go watch the replay. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't say that. Now everyone's going to go there, but it's true. It's a pretty cool stream. Um, I've liked Corey's stuff the last little while because is someone like me who's in the industry it's interesting to see all these fish farms and the different things going on and, and all that so it's been it's been extra interesting for me uh, his stuff's generally i enjoy it but with all the industry stuff he's doing i'm 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 having a blast i'm geeking out anyway um i'm gonna get started today and the first thing i want to talk to you about is an experience that i had earlier today and uh, Yeah, I just want to I think this is important. So here's what happened is someone ordered uh, 20 Black Tiger Dario from me, which are an awesome fish. Just awesome. And they, I think, said that they were originally um, from like where they lived, they used to keep this fish. They used to live in their natural environment and they would keep it and breed it and stuff, I believe is what they told me. I could be confusing them with someone else, but I thought that was super cool. And they were ordering them for their father for a Father's Day gift because their father used to, I guess, keep and breed them, um, which I just think is really cool. So I got the order for them uh, we went back and forth, got them just what they wanted. I was able to get them females to go with the males, so hopefully they can, they can breed them. And today I got an email. I sent them out Monday. I got an email today and said, um, they haven't arrived yet. Did you ship them to this address? And I looked at the address, and then I looked at the address they have in PayPal, and it's like, oh, no, I didn't. The address they, they wanted me to ship them to was in Illinois. The address at checkout in PayPal, and it was PayPal this time because this, this one didn't go through GetGills. Um, most of my transactions go through GetGills.com, um, but this one, they they wanted to use PayPal. So, so we went with PayPal. Um, and <laughs> that address was in Connecticut. So <laughs> <laughs> these poor fish are on their way to Connecticut and so of course there's panic and we're trying to figure this out Um, before I go into where we're at in that process just please 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 everyone whenever you buy fish from someone uh, please include the correct double check the address at checkout through whatever platform you're you're paying for Um, there's it's impossible for the seller just you know where where the seller's coming from it's impossible for the seller to dig through you know a whole week's worth of emails or two just to check and make sure that that the address you entered is correct right so so please please do that anyway so these fish are in connecticut on their way to this house that this person used to live in but now they live in illinois so now it's all about like we'll, we'll play the blame game later um now it's all about how do we save the fish right so That's what I was doing up until about 30 seconds before this live stream because I got that email about, I don't know, an hour ago or so. And I've been just, just (laughs) like my adrenaline spiked and I've been like (laughs) trying to help these poor fish. So here's what we did is I asked them, are there any like, do you know who the person is that lives there now? Can you contact them? Because if they can overnight the fish, then they'll still probably get to you live. If they, if they arrive this week, Friday or Saturday, then they're probably gonna be okay. Um, I pack fish for the long haul, just in case of delays and stuff like that. Um, Never had this this situation before, but, and they said, no, we don't know who lives there now. And I said, okay, is there a neighbor that lives in the area that you know, and you could contact them and call them and they could go over and say like, hey, you're about to receive a box of fish. Here's what happened, can we forward them? Um, no, no neighbors don't know anyone in the area. Okay. So thank goodness for the power of the internet. So I looked at the address on Google and did some, uh, snooping around and I found the person that I think is the current owner of that house. So this person just got this message from me through, (laughs) through email. I shipped a box of live fish to the address, which I believe is your address by accident. This is totally going to sound like a scam, but I promise you it's not. (laughs) Um, The box will probably arrive tomorrow because, you know, if it hasn't arrived by now, it's probably not getting there today. The person I meant to send the box to now lives at their address in Illinois, but did not update the address on PayPal. So I sent the box to her old address in Connecticut. I would not ask but these are live fish, so I'm wondering if it would be possible for you to overnight the fish to the Illinois address when they arrive. I'll pay for the shipping in advance if need be. I can PayPal it right over. I'm sorry to even ask this, but I don't know what else to do at this point. Because, I mean, it's, it's a long shot. If I got that message, I would probably be like, what is the scam going on here? But maybe when they get the box, Maybe then it'll make sense. And then I followed up and I was like, since this totally looks like a scam, my online store is dancefish.com and my YouTube channel is dancefish. Here's a link. Hopefully that will help assure you that I'm not a scammer or anything like that. So that's where we're at in the process. I'm just waiting to see if this person will get back to me. Um, that's kind of the the journey of the uh miss the the wrong addressed fish right so that's where we're at i'm doing everything i can i don't know how else to get a hold of this person but if anyone here lives in uh what's the town in connecticut um i'd have to look it up if anyone here lives in connecticut let me know and then um then i'll look up the town if anyone here does and if you happen to live in the town and like hey i know that person That would just be a miracle. But it's a long shot, but it could happen. Anyway, that was my little adventure. Um, And that's why there's things that sellers put um, in their terms and conditions. By the way, the customer couldn't be nicer. Like, they are fantastic. Uh, The customer could have been like, well, I drive, and it's your fault. You should check. I mean, the truth is that they did send me the shipping address in an email. But there's been... uh, we're getting close to 40 emails back and forth for this sale. Over 30 emails before the in this whole conversation before they even asked if I've shipped to the right address. And a seller just simply cannot, on a busy shipping day, like read through their entire week's emails in the hopes or to, to make sure that they're shipping the right address. Um, please at checkout, whether it's through GetGills or PayPal or or some other format, please make sure that you uh, leave the correct address. But that's why I have this policy um, that says, here, let me share this with you. This is my policy. We can't dig through emails for your shipping address. We will ship these fish to the address provided at checkout or payment. So please, please, please check it to make sure it's correct. Now this is by no means, I'm not slamming the customer. I never read terms and policies when I buy stuff online, so it's kind of hard for me to expect a customer to do that, but, um, you know, to blame them if they don't or something. So I'm not blaming them or anything like that. I just want to make a point that if you ever buy fish online, whatever format you check out with, just, just please double check. So stuff like this doesn't happen. Um, Again, that customer's been fantastic. They aren't demanding anything. They aren't like, give me my money back. They're basically like, okay, how can we solve this? Which is a fantastic kind of person to to deal with and someone I want to keep as a customer. So hopefully I can get a hold of this person in Connecticut. Hopefully they respond and we can resolve the issue. But that is my last uh, hour or so tonight. It's been crazy. (laughs) (laughs) so welcome to the life of a fishmonger um speaking of fishmongering there's something super cool that happened which is on getgills.com this person i was i always check it and um this person first coast tropical fish store posted and also there's another fish store i I mean there's a lot that have posted, but First Coast Tropical Fish, I'm super excited about. And then I don't think I, I mentioned this one yet. I might have last week, if I did, forgive me. But it's called Pez Aquatics. They have 34 different species. Um, and some of them are pretty exciting, some cool plecos and stuff. So they're adding stuff to the site that no one else has. So I think that's really cool. But first coast tropical fish. I am super excited about because i know these guys first coast is run by by chris butcher um, chris butcher used to be a not only is he a longtime member of the american killifish association but he and his father steve used to run the only successful like large-scale killifish production facility or business that that i'm aware of They used to raise hundreds and hundreds of killifish and ship them to wholesalers all around the nation. Um, I used to see their killifish at wholesalers in Los Angeles. They would, and not just the common stuff, like not just the Golden Wonders and the Clown Killies and stuff. Um, They did Blue Galaris. They did, I believe, Aphiosemus striatum. I believe Fundalwood panchax emiodi. They did a few notho species. They did what was then called Sinolibius YDI. It's now it's something else and I can never remember the genus name. But um, I and either Steve or Chris, Steve is Chris's father. And uh, I don't know if Steve's still around. Hopefully he is. But either Steve or Chris used to hold an office in the AKA. I think they were on the board of directors or something like that. Um, they've written lots of articles on killifish keeping. So I've been following Steve and Chris since I was a kid, since I was a teenager. And so it it's super cool to see um that one of the people i don't know if you call an idol but someone i've looked up to and read their stuff and uh he'd, he's helped me through my journey as a killifish keeper since the time i was a kid basically is now posting on getgills.com it's just super exciting for me so he's got some cool killifish here by the way um chocolate australis that's that's a really neat fish i I think he's got neat stuff. A swamp darter. Like how often do you find darters? Unless you live, you know, where they do, I suppose. But I don't. So finding darters is really cool. But anyway, so I don't know if I'm necessarily promoting a store, but it's just a moment where it was super cool for me. Um, it was like, Chris Butcher from First Coast? Tropical Fish is listing on my platform, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like... If you uh owned a computer platform and I don't know, Steve Jobs or something started posting on it. It's not quite that, but it's something it's something like that, right? So that was that was really, really cool for me. And there's been several other stores added as well. So if you haven't been on getgills.com in a while, it's worth checking out. It really is blowing up. And um it used to be that I was working hard to get people to list fish on there because we were brand new and we didn't have a lot of fish listed on the site. Now it's the opposite problem. Now I'm like, Oh man, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Now I've got to make sure that there's enough buyers going to the site so that these folks, uh, see it's worthwhile to list there. So that's my next challenge is, uh, figuring out how to pivot from kind of marketing to this is the, this is the problem with any two-sided marketplace, right? There's even some three-sided marketplaces that get crazy, but, um, it's how to kind of pivot that into um, making more people that are potentially in the market to buy fish aware of get gills so that the folks that have listed their fish get some sales and are like, oh, OK, this is worth it, you know, and stay there. So that's the challenge right now with the business. Um, Jonathan's still finalizing uh, some of the the, the massive like basically 2.0, it's going to be kind of GetGills 2.0, all the code and database. Um, we have an intern now that's in Texas with Jonathan working on the site as well. So things are kind of happening. Um, Jonathan had a baby this week, so he's going to be tied up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, his like, did he have a baby? <laughs> Jonathan's wife delivered a baby this week. How's that? So... <laughs> um, But stuff's, uh, so, you know, it it might be just a little while uh, before he can turn his mind back to the the site and get done. But I don't know, he's pretty, he's he's doing a good job. I I can't wait to show you the stuff. So anyway, that's enough rambling for me for the time being. I'm going to start getting to some comments and questions. Um, If anyone here is new or is forgotten, the way to contact and kind of we manage the chat here is, make your comment or question at dance fish. So the at symbol and then start typing dance fish, no space or anything. Okay. Um, kind of like Chewie uh, Chewy did here when he says, I know Chris. Oh, you know, Chris butcher too. Yeah. at dance fish, right. That makes it highlight for me. So I see your question or comment and then I'll reply to it. Um, if you don't do that, then I'm going to assume that it's just chat among yourselves, which is fantastic and fun and, and, uh, you know, everyone does, which is great. All the conversations that you have among yourselves in the chat. But if I'm ignoring you, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's that I'm not seeing it. It's not highlighting for me. If you post a couple times and I'm still not responding, then uh, if you would call a mod's attention to it, uh, Kaler's Aquatics is on it and uh, he'll keep an eye out for that. Then the mod will highlight it for me and then I'll, I'll be able to get to it so that's kind of how we manage the chat around here so without further ado i'm gonna start uh i'll tell you some other stuff too i i released some new fish for sale this week and i'll go over that but let's get to the chat for a little bit mob guppy saying howdy 44 mag guy hey right back at you what's up what's up not my hair that's for sure my hair fell off my head down onto my back that's basically the trajectory that I'm taking. HC Aqua, hey, glad to see you. Glad to see you, Jesse. Always good to have Hawaii representing. The fish tank barn, can you contact the post office and have them reroute? Um, if they were still open, I mean, the post office is closed at this point. So I did get online in, to see if I could do it online. Um, and there's no way that I know of to do that through usps i I checked anyway to see if they had updated that and included that function but i don't know how to do that so i will be calling the post office but at this point at night it's it's too late i mean they're already closed they close at five and it's connecticut so by the time the customer sent me the email yeah it was already closed um five five thirty six even connecticut's two hours uh two hours later than me. So it's nine twenty there. Um, but I'll do that tomorrow. And my hope is see here where it's going to be tricky. If they'll just reroute it, that's great. But it really needs to be like next day. Uh, it really needs to get there Friday or Saturday. So what I'm hoping they'll allow me to do is they'll reroute it and kind of, uh, if I can pay extra to update it to express or something, I don't know. to to help it get there so i don't know we're trying Kevin's aquatics i've shipped two pairs of rainbow cichlids cool three times now to texas oh no each time they got trashed last box arrived in nine days with the bag still intact full of water and the fish dead man um and i so i'm guessing you're sending a priority or express Bob. Is that right? Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. I start shipping UPS tomorrow. Okay. Hopefully that goes better for you. I wonder what that is. Um, yeah, I've used all three and honestly, I, I mean, I, for me, they've all been pretty darn good. So sorry to hear that that happened. Hopefully UPS solves that for you. And, uh, yeah keep us posted that's horrible i'm 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 sorry to hear that nine days i mean i guess that's happened to me like within the last year maybe twice but that's after that's many hundreds and hundreds of packages so um so yeah that's not yeah that's not a good (laughs) that's not a good ratio three times now and each time they're thrashed i'm sorry to hear that hope ups does better Real stinks. Can't they change the address? Uh, Not that I know of Reel. Not that I know of. Jeff Chambers, I always try to plug GetGills.com on the um, Aquaswap subreddit when I can. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. Get more hobbyists to post more stuff. Yeah, awesome. Um, You know, maybe I'm showing my age here, but I haven't, I have not, taken the dive into Reddit at all yet. I think i visited Reddit maybe like twice. I should probably check it out though, because I do know that it's a pretty happening site. Um, I hear about it all the time and I just haven't done it yet. So maybe I'll check Reddit out sometime and just see what's going on there exactly, because I don't know much more than the name and it's a place to communicate. (laughs) But I appreciate that, Jeff. Thank you so much. And anyone that ever plugs get gills, that is the best thing anyone could do for me and my business at this point um i mean buying fish is great being here is great all that stuff is great but the best thing is spreading the word that's uh so helpful so thanks to everyone that does that and i know lots of you do and i i really i'm flattered by it and i'm appreciative of it so thank you 39 watching cool 18 likes you know what to do right on right on bob (laughs) you know to do (laughs) fancy tail aquatics get with me on p.m i can help promote it all right fancy tail i will p.m. you i'm assuming that's at fancy tail aquatics hang on if i don't write stuff down or, or like in and out right it's, <laughs> so here we go. Um thanks, Fancy Tail. I'll get in touch. 44 Mad Guy 1. Maybe the person that Stillwater Aquatics Jr., I'll be right with you, 44. I got a super chat. 999. Thanks. Sale on getgills.com at Stillwater Aquatics. Half-price shipping on the Julidichromus breeding trio and Black Bar Endler Con- Colony. Contact me if you have any questions. Thanks, Dan. Hey, you're welcome, Stillwater. And, and by the way, um, you can – I appreciate the super chat. Don't feel like you have to super chat to say something like that on the chat. I'm totally fine with that. Um, maybe one day it'll get – if it ever gets to the point where that's like all that's happening in chat is – folks are, are promoting their stuff on get gills um, then we'll have to make a rule where I'm like okay we can't do that anymore like including me but right now it's it, that's not happening at all there's there's plenty of room in the chat um, it's not being dominated by sales pitches or anything like that so uh, still water anyone else on get gills uh, just be judicious about it like don't clog the feed but I've got no problem with you sharing your stuff. If there's something, a particular thing you're excited about or um, something new that happens, something like that, uh, yeah, share away and don't feel like you have to super chat for that. Although, I appreciate it. Thank you. And of course, it makes the life super happy. Okay, back to 44 Guy one Maybe the person the fish got sent to is an aquarium keeper. Long shot, I know. Yeah, maybe. Or at the very least, maybe there's a local pet store local fish store that they could take it to. I mean, I don't know, if I was a fish store and I got 20 free tiger, <laughs> black tiger Dario's, I'd be pretty happy. Haley Janix, I have a red Delta. This is a guppy, I assume. Having babies right now, up to 20 so far. Cool, get your camera out, man. I wanna see that video them popping out. That's something I've never seen. So I bred lots of live bears I've never seen in person the actual moment of birth. Like I've never seen the baby leave the mother. And uh, one of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there at the right time and see that. My suspicion, and I could be wrong about this. Someone here will know better than I do. Someone that's a true library geek. But my suspicion is that they probably tend to drop their fry at night because it just seems like that would be a safer time to do it. Um, so maybe that's why I'm not seeing them. But Obviously, though, some do it during the day because people do videotape it and it does happen. But I wonder if normally it happens at night because I'm surprised all the live bears i bred over the years that I I still have never seen that. So OK. Haley, Haley Janix, a black Moscow, 21 babies yesterday. Cool. That's a good haul. That's a, that's awesome. Patricia Klopel. Can you deliver to hot weather states like Arizona? Yes, right now. And what's your procedure? Chemps here are just going up, up, up from here. So I can. Um, When I do that, I ship with a cold pack and it tends to work well. I mean, thanks for letting me know. By the way, if you purchase and you do live somewhere where temperature is super high or super cold or something, it always helps to shoot me an email after you place your order and say, hey, it's super hot right now. And I'll work with you on that. So I'll, the reason it's, it helps if it's after you place the order is because then I can actually print out the order and, and take notes on it. Um, and I'll include an ice pack or I'll have them held it and or have them held at the post office for you. Or we'll be like, oh, well, it looks like next week's going to be cooler. So we'll just hold the package. You know, we'll, we'll work back and forth to make that happen. But yes, I ship all summer long. Arizona, Texas, Florida, and all that, um, and have pretty good results. It's, it's basically, I treat it like warm weather, like I'm shipping in the dead of winter, but just the opposite. So it's, it's cool weather packs and things. And I am checking out the, um, they're not cold packs, they're the phase, is it phase 22 packs, which heat and cool and keep things at a more or less good temperature. In the dead of winter, I don't think those will work well for me because my temperature is too cold and I don't think they create that much heat. But when it's hot, I think they might be perfect because they'll probably keep the temperature about 20 degrees below what it is outside. I think they can keep that differential pretty stable. So, so if you're at, um, how hot were you, 112 then they would take it down to 82 if the box got that hard at least that's the theory now that being said even if it's 112 most of the packages are you know they're flown from a so they go from an office or facility like a postal warehouse or whatever which people work there so often they're climate controlled to some degree, I'm not saying it's like comfortable like your living room, but it's probably not going to be 112 degrees um, onto a truck. There's a person driving that truck and it's it's open to the back. So usually it's a temperature that a person can be comfortable at or sustained for an eight hour shift or whatever. Right. And then from there, they might go to an airplane um, and they're in the cargo hold which isn't temperature controlled, but they're at altitude most of the time where it's pretty darn cool. So the truth is, even in hot weather, usually the box isn't getting nearly as hot as the actual temperature, unless, and this is where it becomes a problem, unless the box is delivered and the person that's delivered to uh, can't get to the box to take it inside or open it and take care of the fish right away. So if you live in a hot area and the box is put outside and it's in the morning, you're at work and you get back eight hours later after your your workday is done and they've been sitting out in the heat the whole time, that could be a problem, especially if they're out in the sun. So often if that's the case, having it held at the post office is a great solution because the post office is generally temperature controlled, at least to some extent. So that's kind of how that works, uh, Patricia. Um, hopefully that, that is enough information to answer your question. But yeah, so far so good. Um, and after several years doing this, I, I, I think that that's generally the thing to do. Include hold, uh, cold packs and if necessary, have it held at the post office. Now, I'm excited to look into these Phase 22 packages. They're not cheap. They're like $5 and change each. Um, but it might be worth it. If someone lives in Arizona and it's $112, an extra 5 bucks to make sure an order gets there alive, I'm willing to do that. And um, hopefully, I have to price it all out and everything. Hopefully, I won't have to raise shipping charges to do that. Or if I do, hopefully, it's very, very minimal. Um, but yeah. Yeah. 43 watching. Not too bad. Not too bad. 44 mad guy one recommend get gills to a Facebook aquarium group member recommended it to a member the other day hey thanks I really appreciate that that is all super helpful like every company the thing they dream of is word of mouth right there's in, in, in my company which is you know technically it's an e-commerce company or a e- e- you know electronic marketplace um, there's a lot of startups, like I, I'm, I'm a business junkie a little bit. I follow the startups uh, in Silicon Valley and you know, I'm from California. And um, you know, I, I, uh, Peter Thiel and Mark Cuban and all those, all those guys, lots of other folks too. Y Combinator, uh, all those things I'm, I'm always, and many others, I mean, those are just the ones that pop in my head. But I'm always trying to learn about business. And often I do it through podcasts or YouTube videos. I'll read too. Um, but you know, during your work day, it's, I just have it in the background that or fish stuff. And, um, most of your startups, here's what often happens is a startup company like mine, um, mine's not as scalable as they're, they're going after like, an exit of hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. I'm just looking at making a living and providing good fish, right? Um, I don't know how. I mean, the company can get successful. It's not going to be billions and billions, and maybe it can take an investor or two. But it's not going to be able to to handle. Um, get Gills is is or Dance Fish is not going to be able to handle like a, a venture capitalist that wants to hundred x their money within three years or something like that, right? Um, but a lot of these startups, what they do is they get going and they get tons of users and the way they do that is through advertising. They spend so much money on advertising, but their users aren't what we call sticky. The users don't stay. They have a lot of what's called churn. So new users will will come to the site because of the ad, but then they'll leave. Um, and these companies fail because unless it actually is a product people want and are going to use, um, like hopefully GetGills is, then uh, it doesn't matter how many people you get to use the site because they're not going to stay. And those companies blow through budgets so quickly and end up just dying. So my strategy is different. My strategy is I'm, I'm doing some advertising occasionally, but very little. Like I think, I think. If you put it down per month, it's like maybe 10 bucks or 20 bucks per month, like, like almost nothing. Um, and I haven't done advertising actually for several months because what I really need is what every company dreams for, and that's word of mouth. So Mad Guy one and anyone else that, that does use GetGills or, um, or knows about it and, and shares that with their friends or on groups and things, that's the best thing because that's real. That's not an advertisement that I just throw a bunch of money at it to get the word out. That's people that um, know it and have a relationship in some way with the site and are recommending it. And if my friend tells me or someone isn't paid tells me, you should check this out, I'm much more likely to do that. And if the person is saying that, then it's more likely that the site is adding value somehow to them. That's why they're saying that. So that's the best thing ever. 46 watching. All right. So that's my strategies. be good enough is to have real growth. So that when Get Gills grows, it's real natural growth. It's not this fake bump, which is going to go, whoa, that looks awesome. But then when the advertising revenue runs out, boom, or you're spending so much on advertising that you aren't generating enough revenue to, uh, to uh, compensate for that, boom, right? Which is what happens to just about every startup out there that's ever funded uh through the traditional like you know startup model so anyway that's a long way of saying and hopefully not too boring of a way of saying thanks super helpful and exactly what we need thank you so much edward rodriguez (laughs) i butchered that edward rodriguez hey can't wait to get my fricatus yeah unfortunately ups said it's delayed not your fault just a little worried um Edward, where did you live again? Um, I think, I mean, I pack them for the long haul. So if they arrive tomorrow, Friday, or even Saturday, odds are they're all going to be okay. that you aren't the first one this has happened to. Um, In fact, other people in this chat can probably chime in and be like, oh, yeah, it happened to me, and they arrive fine. So almost always, that's going to be fine. I individually bag the fish. I uh, make sure they have enough oxygen. They're in a nicely insulated box. They've been uh, their bowels have been voided as much as possible before they're put in the bag. So the water stays pretty clean. Um, They're safe in there. Seachem safe to take care of in case their system isn't completely voided and they defecate in the bag. The safe will help control any ammonia that results from that. And that's what the real problem is with that stuff, that oxygen depletion. Um, So I really do pack them to last more than two days in the mail. So they should be fine. Now, if you're one of the very few people where they arrive and they aren't fine, just let me know and I'll make it right. Um, It's always super sad when that happens because these are fish and we care about fish or we wouldn't be, you know, doing this. Uh, You wouldn't be buying them. I wouldn't be selling them. Hopefully I wouldn't be selling them. But um, I'll take care of you. But the odds are like they're going to be just fine. In fact, there's been lots of delays this week, which is a little strange. I, I'm not quite sure why. Every now and then there's a week where stuff just goes wrong. Maybe there's flooding, I, I don't know. Is there a, like a tornado somewhere? Like every now and then a key hub of the system gets hit and then it just delays lots of stuff. And it's not something that either of us can control as you know. But thanks Edward uh, for the comment and just keep me posted. But just know bottom line, no matter what happens, I'm gonna take care of you, okay? I mean, if you give me the wrong address, that I can't help with. <laughs> like, like <laughs> that I cannot help with. But um, apart from that, I'll always do whatever it takes to to make the situation as, as right as it can be. Real stinks. Yes, phase twenty-two. Cool. I'm looking more into those. I'm 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 trying to find a cheaper supply because five dollars and change per pack. That's a lot. That adds a lot to, uh, to my shipping cost. And I, I really don't want to have to raise shipping to pass that on to you guys. That being said, if I have to, then it's probably worth it. Um, and Patricia, uh, maybe you can be the guinea pig. Uh, I'll try it on, on your order. I mean, I don't, I don't have them yet cause I'm still looking for a cheaper supplier. And so I'm, I'm getting my order in for next week. I'm working on the planning of the uh, new facility that I'm trying to build um, and trying to source these Phase 22 uh, packs in a way that makes sense, uh, along with everything else. But as soon as I have them, uh, I'll try them out and hopefully it'll be like, yeah, I live in Arizona it was 125 today. I checked the temperature in the bags and they were 80 degrees. Like, hopefully that's the story but I won't know until I try it to LTD. Yes. Postal services buildings are climate controlled as well as some vehicles. It is whether or not postal air goes through heated cargo bays or not on the aircraft. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, in the summer, I don't think that the cargo bays are heated. Um, I could be wrong about this, but from what I understand, they're not. And you know, at altitude, it's going to be pretty cool in there. Now, Chewy, I'm not an expert on cargo bays, so you might be totally right. But I I think in the summer they would turn the heat off on those things. But again, (laughs) not my ballywig. That specific part of it, I don't know much about. Hadley Genix, have you ever bred pea puffers? And if so, how well did it go? So I have not. I do know others that have. And basically what I understand from talking with them is well-planted tank. The pea puffers would spawn and then basically they would remove the parents and raise the babies. The babies are going to need tiny, tiny, tiny little food for a long time. So most people that I know that have done it haven't raised large batches. They've just got a few to survive. Um, And that's about the extent that I know about it because I myself have never done it. If anyone here has bred pea puffers and can give us a little more detail, would you respond to Hadley Genix um, and help out? And if you wouldn't mind uh, including an at dance fish on that, I'd love to see your experience too. I'd, I'd love it to highlight so I can uh, follow along. That's an interesting topic to me. Fish—I That's a fish I've never bred. I've never bred any puffer, or at least I've never bred and raised any puffer. I'm sure that I've had pea puffers spawn on me, but I didn't raise them up. Heligenics, you can't lose oxygen out of the bags ever. The water is made of O2. Oh, I know that you don't lose the oxygen, but if bacteria starts developing in the water, then the bacteria takes up the oxygen is what I'm saying. So I I know that it's a closed system. I mean, pretty much, I guess a plastic bag, there's probably some uh, diffusion between the plastic membrane. It's it's really slow, but there's probably something. But it's not that the oxygen is leaving the bag, it's that the bacteria in the bag is feeding on the feces and exploding in population. And they are absorbing a lot of the oxygen to the detriment of the fish being able to take oxygen up. The fish tank barn, hey, sorry, I missed the uh, super chat before. The fish tank barn for 4.99, thanks so much. Tip jar for the next Santa Maria project. All of my fish from my last dance fish order have dropped fry. Awesome. I am so excited to hear that. And the limia did too, right? I, I saw a video where you had limia fry. Did I not? Or did you mention that? In a, somehow I know that you had limia fry too from the Nigra fasciatus, I believe. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's see here. Hang on, chat jumped on me. All right, I'm finding it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Rina Mar, hello. Are swordtails good tank mates with half beaks? No. An auto in a planted 30-gallon. I'm back to the half beak idea again. Would platies or guppies be a better color shot with them? So I, I would not put swordtails with half beaks. Half beaks are... They aren't delicate, they're actually really hardy, but they're long and thin, and they don't have like a deep, robust body that can take any bowling. Bullying. bullying. <laughs> That's a hard word to say, right? So and, and they're a very kind of slow-moving fish. They're sedate, so they'll kinda of hang out. It's not that they never move, they're not a boring fish, but they'll kind of hang out and move and cruise slowly and look for food. Swordtails are pretty boisterous and they have like a big strong body and they're going to be up at the top of the water quite a bit. So I would avoid them personally. Um, I would probably, probably avoid almost any other live bear. Guppies are probably okay. I have some guppies in with my half beaks. Uh, just because sometimes it's hard to get guppies out of a tank. <laughs> but there's very few in there. It's not like this big mob of guppies. So guppies, if you only had a few, that would probably be okay. autosynclus would be fine with them. Ideally, though, if you can find a fish that stays in the middle to bottom of the aquarium, that would be ideal. Something like a dwarf cichlid, like an episto, would be great. Um, gudgeons would be awesome like peacock gudgeons um, things like that or if you do get tank mates with them that okay, that go to the top hopefully don't stay at the top but go there sometimes something that's kind of sedate something that isn't like a real rapid swimmer a real boisterous fish because those half beaks are kind of a a, a uh, slow chill fish and could get stressed out if there's these fast fish constantly swimming in their faces, if that makes sense. So those are my thoughts about that. Although, again, I, you can keep some other fish with them if it's very low densities. Like in a big tank, you could keep half beaks and a couple boisterous fish. But if they're constantly in their face, that's when it's a problem. 44 mad guy one do you have beta and Bellis males males are they just females thanks so i don't know but so there's two that i know are males i'm holding those back because i'm going to try to breed them the others there are several that i know are females because their egg tube is visible but there's this in-between group that Some days I look at them and I'm like, oh, those are all females. And then some days I look at them and I'm like, man, those are bright colors. And I think that one's fins are starting to extend and things like that. So that middle group is a big question mark for me. I really don't know. That's why I have them listed as unsexed, because I don't want to send one of those with a female and then have it turn into be that, oh, that's a female. They're still not full grown by any means. I think they're probably old enough that that middle group, if they were males, would start developing their longer finnage. They don't develop hugely long finnage like a like a domesticated splendens, but it's it's noticeable. Um, but I don't know because they aren't full grown yet, so I'm not comfortable saying they're males or females. That that middle group. I can definitely send you females if you want. If you want males, I can't right now. I. I can send some of that middle group, but I, I honestly don't know if they're just colorful females, but I've not seen an egg tube or if they're immature males. So that's where we're at on that. And someone with more experience with beta imbellis could probably look in a heartbeat and be like, oh, no, those are all females, that whole middle group. But uh, I have a lot of experience with like beta splendens and stuff, but beta embellus is not a species I've kept often so I, i'm just not confident to say that without giving them some more time to grow up so that's where they're at mad guy one but yeah yeah patricia sounds good cool chewy ltd you have choice now apparently by shipping cargo as to heated or unheated air cargo there's a price difference apparently now during the winter time it affects the transshipper cost oh okay interesting Hopefully they don't have the heat on in the heat of summer. That would defy the purpose, I would think. But that makes sense. Like if if you have a dog in a crate or something that has to travel with you because you're, I don't know, moving across to another country or something, um, then you would, and it's the dead of winter and it's a cold climate, then you might need to make sure that that, that dog is in a heated cargo compartment. That makes sense to me. The fish tank barn. The video of Santa Maria's. I did have Limia Perugiae spawn. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Daggummit, I hate being late, says the cove. Well, welcome. Glad you made it. (laughs) The cove is never late. The cove arrives precisely. Oh, geez. Now I forgot the quote from from Gandalf. When he means to? Ah, I got to refresh that. I got going on it, and then I forgot the ending. (laughs) I thought I knew that. Go, fish aquatics. Hey, you dance fish. Well, hey. Could you tell me what makes Santa Maria endlers so special? Why are they so much more expensive compared to most endlers when it seems they look just like a common endler? So GoFish, I guess it's supply and demand. Um, there aren't many Santa Marias available. And so I don't know if it's a new strain or if it was a particularly difficult strain to get fixed uh, to breed true or something like that. All I know is that when I got them, they were expensive and they haven't really gone down in price. So I just don't think they're that commonly available. So um, for me specifically, my strain, it took so much work and time and tank space to get that strain set and breeding true that, that that's just kind of the cost of generating that fish for me. And my competition sells them for even more. So I suppose that's general throughout the industry because if they were being churned out by the you know, hundreds of thousands or whatever, they wouldn't be any more expensive than any other endler or guppy or what have you. So that's my guess. Um, I do think they'll go fish aquatics that uh, within a, a little while as is the strain gets out there and breeds more or less true and more people get it and breed it, you know, the cost is going to curve down like, like any, I mean, I hate to call fish a commodity, but like, like anything does, if there's more of it, so as our supply increases, they'll gradually go down. But, but that's why. It's just the, the market has decided that based on the supply and how many are available, that that's what they go for. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an economist. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my uh, theater professor slash fishmonger take on the situation. <laughs> Chewy. Halfbeaks are very predatory on fry, so do not expect any other wide bears or other fry in the tank with halfbeaks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you do keep guppies in there with them or whatever, they are going to uh, have a delightful snack once a month or so. Yep. Edward Ro- Rodriguez, Northeast Illinois. Okay, not too bad. I trust your shipping method. It is impressive. By the way, Lumpy Dog video about the fricatus made me pull the trigger. They are a pretty fish. So sort of word of mouth with video. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, Lumpy Dog's a good guy. And uh, yeah, I know that he's breeding and raising those fish. So that's pretty awesome. So Edward thinks. Um, and again, I mean, all we can, once the fish are put in that box and that box is handed to the post office, all we can do is wait. Yep. But almost always it goes well, even if there's a delay. Renamar, that's what I was thinking with sore tails and half beaks. Sore tails can be obnoxiously irritating to other fish. Thanks for the confirmation. Peacock gudgeons are an idea. Cool, you're welcome. By the way, if anyone is having aggression issues with sore tails, something that can help that is to get more sword tails. If you have tails. Once you get to a critical mass, then they they get so focused on each other that they stop harassing the other fish. The worst thing is like a male sore tail or even a male limia or something all by itself all that fish wants to do is spawn so it's going to go harass all the other fish in the aquarium even if they're not the same species or genus or family or whatever so i've i've had a single male uh limia what was it nigra fasciata or Perugier? probably both that uh tried to spawn with barbs because i made the mistake of being like hey, these are beautiful and I have a bunch of extra males. Or I didn't have a bunch. I had like four extra males. So I put them in this aquarium behind me when I had the Odessa barbs in there. And only four in that size tank wasn't enough. And so they would uh, go try to spawn with the barbs. (laughs) So, (laughs) but you get a big group together and they don't bother the other fish as much. Yeah, so that's that's one thing to help with sore tails. If they're like, man, this thing's bugging everything in the tank, if you have room, I mean, you can remove the swordtail if you want to another tank and problem solved. But getting more swordtails is often an option that will help too. It seems counterintuitive. It seems like it would make the problem worse, but in my experience, it helps. Mag guy forty four, mag guy one. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Kayla. thanks for linking up the t-shirt. Appreciate it. Go Fish Aquatics. Yours are actually better price. Your Santa Maria Endlers. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I. I didn't like purposely undercut the competition or anything like that. Um, Their strain might be great. I just don't know. But I know that mine breeds true and all that. I just thought, what would I be willing to pay for a good pair of Santa Maria's? And that's about where I decided I would be willing to pay. So that's where I priced them. Bathy Phila, you ever find that your fish seem happier when you aren't doing regular water changes? Been neglecting my tanks for a month. And many of them are showing great color in the algae outbreak. So yes and no. Um, As long as certain parameters aren't going out of whack, then yes. Especially if it's a a species that's from soft water, black water. Because as the water ages, it softens and and, uh, solidifies. (laughs) It softens and acidifies. So um, often there's a lot of species that we keep in hard water, even though they're naturally from you know soft water. And those species, absolutely, there's lots of soft water species that have been bred by neglect. So they've been put in, in an aquarium. And I don't mean neglect like in a, a bad way, even just water changes aren't done frequently. And the water softens and acidifies. And it's like, hey, we spawn, right? That happens quite frequently. The danger with that is it's creating an environment which is unstable. So the fish might be happy and it's all great. So it's going like this, right? Let's say here. Okay, where am I? Here we are. Let's say my hand here is hard alkaline water or harder, more alkaline water. Here is like the fish's happy place. Soft, acidic, we can breed now successfully and our eggs will hatch water. And then here is like, oh crap, everything's going to hell, right? So you start here, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine, they're super like, hey, it's soft, it's acidic, this is like nature. But then there's this tipping point where you get to here and just the whole thing crumbles. Um, and so that's, that's the issue. There's nothing wrong with keeping fish without water changes. Some people do it, they use plants and other things um, instead of water changes. They might top off occasionally with you know, RO or, or uh, uh, <laughs> distilled water so they aren't increasing hardness and things. Um, that can go for a long time and be successful. Some folks rarely do water changes. There's no right or wrong way as long as you're aware that there is a tipping point and you know how to manage for that. But yes, I have noticed that. Killer's aquatics. The uniformity of the strain, the size, and the rarity are why I invested in two pairs of Santa Marias. Yours were less expensive, Dan, than lesser quality. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good investment. It's not, um, I mean, hobbies, hobby speaking, right? <laughs> it's a good investment. There, And I only listed, I think, six or eight for sale because I didn't want people to spend that much on them. And then... Um, like if I had hundreds for sale and they, they all sold, that'd be great for me. But then everyone that spent that much on them would breed them and then they would sell them. And suddenly the market's flooded and they're like, what? I'm only getting like, you know, 10 bucks a pair for these. I spent 85. That's not fair. Um, so I'm kind of trying to limit the number of pairs I'm selling. So just released a few pairs. I'll wait a little while. Then I'll release a few more. I'll wait a little while, then I'll release a few more, right? So that the folks that bought them have a chance to kind of uh, breed and sell before the, the price just absolutely plummets. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do to kind of keep that supply and demand uh, favorable to the people buying from me. And then after a little while, though, it's, in an, it's inevitable. Eventually, I don't know if it's a year from now or how long from now. There's so many that have been distributed and are, and are being bred that the price will plummet. So it's just just like anything. And, and by the way, I, I'll say this again. Um, they're breeding just about 100 percent true for me, but very occasionally there's a couple in the spawn that that don't breed true. And with females, I can't always tell what their genet- what they're they are. The males are easy to tell. It's like, you can look at that thing and you're like, that looks like a Santa Maria. The females, you look at that thing and it's like, I'm pretty darn sure that's a Santa Maria, but lots of Endler females are look the same, right? So I'll just re- repeat this again briefly. Anyone that bought them from me, if you breed them and the fry are way out of whack and they're, they're not throwing the majority, a you know, large percentage of Santa Marias, um, let me know. And I'll replace that female with one of my own that, that I have bred and, and is proven out, okay? Because I'd hate for you to get that female and then be like, oh, man, I spent 85 bucks and, I, and, and they're not breeding true, right? So I just want to put that out there. KT, Dan, hey, um, didn't highlight, but I see it here. I would order chocolate gouramis, but I have a 20-gallon long... Caridina shrimp tank only, no other fish, would that work? I think that would work as long as you did not, uh, except for the shrimplets. Now, I haven't tried it, but chocolate gouramis have a very small mouth. So I think that if they were put into an established Caridina col- colony or neo colony, um, I think that the adult... Caridinas or neos would be just fine that being said i've never tried it so what i would say is um, i think it's worth a try but i would definitely have a plan b ready so that you can keep an eye on them after you first put them in and if you notice hey they are eating those shrimp then you have you can fix that right but yeah they i mean their natural prey are things like baby caridina shrimp, little tiny organisms that they seek out in the leaf litter and they cruise really slowly and then peck at stuff as they see it. So they're going to eat the shrimplets for sure. But I've got a feeling that they aren't, their mouth is too small for them to handle adult caridinas. It's just a guess though. I've never done it. Has anyone here done that? Has anyone here kept a, uh, Chocolate Grammys with cherry shrimp or Neos, or uh, I mean, I know cherries or Neos, but um, cherry shrimp or maybe crystal red shrimp or anything like that, so that we can get a better answer. Someone with experience can help KT out because I don't have experience. Susan, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Patricia, FYI, I no longer breed the ghost shrimp, got rid of them back to the Betta Splendens. All right. Hey, yeah, I was, I was super impressed that you bred those. So many of them are brackish water kind of species that, or, you know, live close to the ocean and have to go through that salty period. But my brother on his farm in Texas has a freshwater pond very far away from the ocean. And uh, he said, there's ghost shrimp in there too. So there must be species and strains that, and you bred them too. So yeah, there are freshwater only species. But that blew my mind. I didn't know that until I talked to you. And by the way, Susan, SLC SLC Aquatics, I might be in Salt Lake um, towards the end of this month. There's kind of a family thing going on there uh, on my wife's side. I don't know if I can go or not yet, um, but I'm in the middle of some really big projects and things are kind of time sensitive and stuff like that. But um, if I can... I'll contact you and I don't know if we could, you know, hook up and get to see each other in person. And maybe I could look at your tanks and video some stuff or something like that, that'd be fun. Go Fish Aquatics, do you do backyard tubbing? If so, are, have, will you do a video on this? So yes, I'll be releasing a video on that. Um, it's, it's SCUDs, so it's a hundred gallon like a black Rubbermaid water trough basically that, uh, to grow scuds in outside. So I will be showing that I'm kind of waiting for the culture to get up and running and, and of size. And then I'll show like the whole series of setting up and growth and stuff like that. So, yep, you should see that from me. Absolutely. But I don't do fish outside. I could do a few species outside, but like Monday, Monday night, it was 37 degrees here at night. So Um, actually my neighbor said 33 degrees the forecast said 37 so it just gets too cold for a lot of species so I could do some though I I could do white clouds I could do a few but my species are super limited just by how cool it gets here even in the summer the nights are going to be down in the 40s with regularity so it's one challenge of mountain living Rina Marr, you moderate your SME release because you are not a money-hungry person and want others to be able to participate if they choose. We'll go with that. <laughs> no, but it is that. I I don't... Uh, I want the people to buy from me to be happy that they bought from me a year from now, right? I don't want them to be like, yes, I got that, and then it's like, I shouldn't have done that, right? Now, that being said, I don't know that people are actually buying them as like a money-making investment. They're probably buying them because they're cool fish. (laughs) Um, But in the back of our minds as hobbyists, if we breed fish, there's always that thing of like, hey, man, all I would have to do is sell like three pairs of these and I could pay for fish food for like two months, right? There's always how do I pay for this hobby type questions in the back of our mind that have to be answered. So, yeah. Um, I am a business guy. For sure. And I have to make money to survive. But 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 it's I'm a long term vision business guy. I I try to do things that I'm like in five years, in 10 years, is this going to be something that benefited the business? And I think that's a good way to think, because if the answer is yes, the reason it's yes is because it benefited the community or the hobby or uh, the industry in general in some way right um otherwise it wouldn't be helping long term people wouldn't be happy with it long term so it's i mean you could argue that in a way it's ultimately selfish because i do feel like that is the way to build the most successful company long term and like in the back of my evil mind i'm like someday i'm like the largest fish retailer in the nation you know all that but that's that's not the end goal um really the mission, and this is what drives me every day. The mission mm-hmm. is how do I make it to the best of my ability? And I'm not perfect and there are problems, but thankfully they are very few and far between, but how do I make it so that I can help people be successful in this hobby long term? I just, I, it, it sickens me the way, how many times have we heard this? Like people find out you're into fish and they're like, oh, yeah, I had an aquarium once. I got some fish. And then like two weeks later, they were all dead. And so I threw the aquarium in the garage. And then like five years after that, I I don't know, I sold it at a garage sale or something. Or, you know, we always hear that story. Oh, yeah, I tried that once. And then like, you know, within, you know, three days later, they were all dead. So I I didn't, you know, that's the worst thing we could possibly be doing. If you're in a fish business, you're killing your market. You should be trying to grow your market by making those people successful so they have a great time, so they keep buying fish from you for years and years, and they tell all their friends about it, and they help their friends be successful, so they start buying fish from you for years and years, right? So that's the kind of long-term thinking, and it's not the, the money part of it the, that like drives me, but I feel like my hope is, my whole thesis for this thing is that... By having that be the goal and the thing that drives me, that the money will come because I'll build the market. So if 100 people are keeping aquarium fish now, and I know that it's much larger than that, but for easy math, if 100 people are keeping aquarium fish right now, if 99% of them that buy from my company, and it's over that, by the way, that arrive alive and are still alive weeks or months later, as I hear from people, um, if they don't tell me, I don't know. But from the information I have, it's over 99% are successful. Um, then those people are going to love the hobby and and most of them are going to stay in it, hopefully. And they'll tell their friends and it'll grow. So it's that, it's that kind of thing. I I think it's so short-sighted how people are I'm going to grab these fish and sell them as fast as possible so that they don't die on me. <laughs> right (laughs) gonna take these fish that have been in the stress of shipping and trans shipping and export and all that for i don't know a week or two or more sometimes and i'm gonna get them and sell them right away um and that way i'll make money like yeah you might make money but i i was reading reviews on another store because i i'm always looking at what other people are doing and someone bought pearl gouramis and they're like yeah they arrive dead Like they did replace them, but the replacement came and it didn't have a tail. And like all, you know, all these things, that person is not going to be in the hobby long if that's their experience time after time. Anyway, I'll stop ranting on that. You guys are all sick of hearing that, but it's something I'm passionate about. So every now and then it's just going to (laughs) happen. So, uh, you know, ultimately it's, I guess in a way selfish, it's just good business, but it's also the thing that I like doing so. Kristen Schuster, do you think I could put some of the sorrel fry that are a good size in an outdoor tub? Um, oh, geez. Yes. Like any other time, I'd say, yeah, go for it. Just keep some back just in case. Um, these are so near and dear and expensive and hard to source that. Yes, you can. I mean, just keep some back, but. There's so many people that want the, my waiting list for these fish. I've got a dozen people right now on my waiting list. Easy that um, I could email and say, hey, I've got some pairs available. And they'd be like, oh, thank God I've been waiting for months. Right. This is a fish that people want. It can get people excited about the hobby and fish keeping. And it's just not available. So my personal take is, yes, you can. But it's such a valuable fish that. I would hate to see it exposed to any risk at all that wasn't necessary. So I don't know, Tristan, it's up to you. Um, swordtails in general, yes, can do fine outside in tubs, especially if it's, you know, warmed up enough in your neck of the woods, that temperatures aren't going to drop below, say the upper sixties at night in the water at this point of view, at this point in time. Kayla's aquatics. So we're talking about the red eye red hyphen cauliflower swordtails. Uh, Tristan got some of those and he bred them. Congrats. And he's raising up a batch, a couple batches, I think. Back to Kaler, I have the Luke Robach Hawaiian Blues. I saw that in the Red Deltas. I saw that too. That's very exciting. I've shown my blue coals, and get many requests for trades to buy, etc. Those are the fish I won't let back out in the hobby. Yeah, yeah. It's this. I think that's smart. Um, same reason I, I, I didn't ever sell um santa maria and their coals it's just i mean i gave some away to some friends and stuff but what happens in those situations is people get those and and there'll be a coal right bob but they'll call them they'll say hey these are luke robot hawaiian blues and then that gets distributed and then it just muddies the lines and stuff so long term i I think it's a bad idea to distribute culls of a strain that is rare and valuable. Um, just because what is the pure, desirable traits and strain gets muddied at that point. Uh, cause it, it's beyond your control at that point. That's the ultimate problem. So I agree with that move, Bob. I, I ended up doing the same thing. Rina Mar. And, and by the way, um, that's awesome that you have the Luke Robach, Robux strains. That's great that they're continuing. I'm thrilled to hear that. Rina Mar, quit trying to make yourself out as a bad guy. <laughs> you need to make a living and you want folks to be happy. Works for everyone involved. Cool. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I don't think I'm a bad guy. Um, I don't see I don't see trying to succeed in business as bad at all, especially if by doing so, if, you're, if your business, by being successful, is improving the world, which is, I think, happening here. Bathy Philip, how selfish of you trying to make sure your customers are satisfied and successful so they come back to buy from you again. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, yes, I, I get your point, but it's, uh, I don't know. I just feel like there is an element of that in there and that it should be acknowledged and that not all selfishness is bad. Sometimes there are types of selfishness that, uh, can be the start of guiding someone down a good path. I mean, that's counterintuitive, but yeah. MJ Aquatics. Hoi! And Fish Fam. (laughs) Hey, MJ Aquatics. Glad you're here. 53 watching. That's amazing. Good to see it. Tristan Schuster. I'm curious to see if they would go on like a breeding spree in the tub, but I'm worried about them jumping out. I've had a batch of fry from a different sword tail that I would use. Oh yeah, great. Like like any other like strain that people aren't just dying to get their hands on. Sure, give it a whirl, couldn't hurt. And by the way, the, these red-eye red hyphens, these are the only sword tails I've ever had that jumped regularly. Like, I don't know what it is about them, but they will jump. And it's super sad when they do. A few customers have lost them that way um before i knew they did that i lost a few that way too so be careful if you get red eye red hyphen swordtails for some reason that i don't know they jump like bettas like wild type bettas they jump like killifish just whoop, they're, they're done yeah surprised the heck out of me when that happened chewy ltd at dance fish and killer's aquatics also has uh stefan quartiers i don't know how to say that quartlers Bi-color blue greens, awesome. Scout town, howdy. Those swordtails are awesome, but don't expect those fry to all have the finish. Oh, I know. I only get about five percent with my group. Hopefully, yours do better. Yeah, I'm. I totally realize that. Um, I'm anxious to see how they turn out. And by anxious, I don't mean like scared anxious. I mean like excited anxious. So, but I'm I'm perfectly aware of that. Yep. The the Punnett square makes me think that I might have, hopefully it hopefully around twenty five percent or more, but your point is well taken. Yes. And by the way, Scout Town, I'm I'm thrilled that you got them and keep it going, man. Keep it going. At some point, I'm going to need to exchange uh, breeders with people. Sorry to, uh, man. Sorry to get new blood in the strain and keep things from going funky. And so I'll be reaching out to folks, you know, after a few generations and being like, Hey, let's freshen these bloodlines and hopefully we can, make uh, make everyone happy that way. Ginger Graves, nine ninety nine. Ginger, thank you. You got to pay the bills. I'm happy to support that. You've got great fish. Hey, Ginger, thanks. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And I hope everyone's doing well for you. I hope that the, uh, Cochina, um, our, thriving and beautiful and all that i know they can be i'm lucky for me they've always been a really hardy fish but they have a reputation for being super difficult so i know they can be a challenge hope they hope that you're succeeding with those i did everything i could to make it so that they did well for you aquarium maniac what is the best food for odessa barbs? so in my opinion the best food for fish is variety i um yeah, I that's that's the stance I'm taking. That's what's always worked for me. I know people like L.R. Brett's are like tetracolor granules all day long and that's all they feed. And, you know, foods are so darn balanced these days that maybe that's fine. But when I started keeping fish, foods weren't that great. And so I got in the habit of providing a large variety, all, a wide variety, all types of different foods. And that's just stuck with me. Also, during most of my fish keeping career, I've been a breeder. My goal has been, I want to breed fish and raise them up. That's, that's, I find great joy in that. And in order to do that, yes, you can feed flake food and get some spawning. But once you introduce live foods and some frozen foods, and and I don't know, maybe some mice's shrimp that pack protein and and, um, a lot of fats, you'll start getting lot more yield when you're breeding you'll get more robust females that are full of row and you'll get big spawns and it's very satisfying so uh, there are lots of foods these days i feel that you could feed one food and only one food and probably be successful but it depends if you're just trying to keep fish you could probably be successful but uh, that's not my goal i I always feed a, a wide variety Now, I do think that a large part of that, I think that that works best in a tank that's fairly natural. Lots of like plants, lots of algae, lots of things like that. Because what happens in those systems is, Caleb, Bob, thank you. I'll get right to that, Bob. Um, What happens in those systems is there's lots of algae growing. The fish eat some of that. So that supplements the diet. Say you're only feeding tetracolor granules. And, and this is how L.R. Brett keeps his aquarium. So this is maybe why it works for him. The algae grows, the fish eat that. Okay. They're getting lots of nutrients from that. Lots of vitamins and minerals and, and stuff that could be missing in some degree in the one food. Um, there's also lots of biofilm growing, growing. Okay, That's a nutritional supplement. Within those and on those two things, there's all kinds of little critters. Um, they might be little copepod type things they might be little invertebrates like little worm type things there's all kinds of stuff that grows in that and thrives in that they're they're their own little ecosystems their own little communities and uh the fish are eating all that so that's when i think it tends to to maybe work in and my suspicion is that that might be why it works uh, for someone like lr Brett's. but for me the best food for fish is variety i that's, that's always my answer because that's just how I keep fish. I don't have experience just feeding one type of fish food and only one type of fish food. Um, you know, for any length of time, killer's aquatics, $50, Bob, thank you. No more professor fish warehouse fund. Bob, I appreciate it. I don't know what to say every week. I just appreciate you so much brother. And I hope one day to meet you and take you out for a meal and, 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 get to know you in person. That would just be a treat for me. So thanks, Bob. I appreciate you. Uh, super chats are always appreciated, never required, but they make the life super happy. Um, on the fish warehouse fund, I did have a cool thing happen, which is I, um, my realtor found a local bank that has a big old basement that they're not using. Uh, my realtor is on the board of this nonprofit and the bank offered to let them use the basement at one point, it wasn't right for their needs. So they didn't take it, but so she knew about that. So she contacted the bank president and she said, hey, would you you know, think about renting that out? And he's like, yeah, I'd think about it. So he's checking some things on his end, but it's a possibility that instead of building my own building, if the price is right then i might be able to look at that that's something i'm as long as they're okay with it might be able to to look at and i'm excited about that because basement space is as cheap as it comes and it would just be a lot quicker to get the thing running i wouldn't have to do the financing for a separate building and i i wouldn't have to go through the process of (laughs) waiting for it to get built and all the delays and and things that inevitably happen in the happen in those scenarios. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. That possibility. We'll see. Candy Seer, Candy Overhauls. Hey, I'm so glad you made it, Candy. I hope you're doing well. Hope the family's doing well. And so glad that Caleb's last trip to Denver is happening soon. I can't. It didn't just happen, did it? I think it's happening soon. So anyway, I'm excited about that. That's such great news, and I can't wait for you to say that part's done. At least for the foreseeable future, that is awesome, Tristan Schuster. My lid on my tank is like is on like lockdown, so they don't jump. Yeah, <laughs> good move. Oh, by the way, um, Aquarium Maniac, that was. I, I should answer this question a little more. What food is best for Odessa barbs? I talked about food in general. One thing about Odessa barbs, whatever you're feeding, is keep in mind they're an omnivore. So don't forget to add some veggies to their diet. So many of the foods that we feed are high in protein. um, And a lot of them have quite a bit of fat in there too. But don't forget that Odessa barbs need a lot of veggies in their diet. So uh, don't forget that component is what I would say. Something balanced with veggies. It could be as simple as spirulina flake. It could be as complex as like creating your own veggie gel food and occasionally feeding that. Um, for me, it's usually uh, making rapashi community food and cutting it 50% with soylent green, which is a vegetable-based rapashi food. That works well for me. I'll also occasionally uh, throw in some fruit or blanched vegetables and stuff like that. And they eat pretty much everything. They're little pigs. If you do put in blanched vegetables and things, just make sure that you remove any uneaten portion, like at the end of the day. If you feed it in the morning, at night, make sure you take that out or it'll really create some stinky water real fast. Alrighty. Okay. We are, mo- oh, 64 watching. So Corey's done. <laughs> That's what that means. Welcome, everybody. Um, if you have a question or comment for me, your friendly fishmonger, Dan from DansFish.com, then uh, if you just make it at DansFish so it highlights, then I'll see it and get to it. Bob Kalers, my fish would agree with you on the variety of foods at Dan foods at DanFish. Some even refuse to wait for a favorite food. I did start using a high-quality vitamin on the foods, too. Colors really popped. What vitamin is it? Is it like a, a spray you spray dry food with? Or is it like a liquid that you mix into your Apache or soak food in? Uh, I'd love to hear about that. If you found a way to make colors pop better, I wanna know. <laughs> Candy overhauls, we're happy to. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that, what could be better for a mother, right? That sounds awesome. Rina Mar, my omnivores love fresh blants. <laughs> I cannot speak. Full disclosure, um, Monday and yesterday I was in bed with a fever, like I, I was sick, like I couldn't keep anything down, it was miserable, and I don't usually talk about this stuff, but the reason I'm going to say it is because you haven't lived until you've been so sick you can't keep anything in your stomach, and the world is spinning, like it feels like you just drank an entire keg by yourself and then woke up the next morning. Um, by the way, I wasn't drinking. This was just a pure sickness. But and then you've got a shipping deadline to get a bunch of fish out that same day. Monday was horrible, like horrible. Um, but anyway, that was Monday and yesterday. Today, I'm much better, but I'm still a little bit. Uh, so I always have trouble saying words <laughs> in like reading's hard <laughs> but today <laughs> it's something even more special just because of i'm still recovering a bit so bear with me a little bit um okay kayler is talking about his uh vitamin oh hang on i didn't finish this rena my omnivores love fresh blanched green beans zucchini cucumbers etc they really go for it yeah absolutely and and don't forget about things like uh pumpkin. Like when pumpkins go on sale after Halloween, I buy a bunch and I I freeze them. And I mean, I cut them into little chunks and freeze them and they do great. Got a dehydrator too. I've been, I've dehydrated a bunch of zucchini and stuff. And what I found is that the bad thing about dehydration is it makes everything float a bunch but you can stick a fork in it, right? The good thing though, is it makes it super palatable to like scuds and fish and stuff. So makes it super easy for them to eat. So it's an alternative to like blanching a vegetable or a fruit. Jay Adams, I see you sell nigra fasciata, the limias, humpback limias. What do you get? Where do you get those from? I breed those. I've been breeding that strain for, I don't know, a couple of years now. Um, and yeah, they're my own colony that just keeps producing so that's where i get them from my aquarium <laughs> the original stock came from um a wholesaler in in los angeles that i know so they happened to find some and get some in which is super rare for a wholesaler and i was able to get some so that's where the original stock came from rena mar i really hope you're feeling better oh so much better like Almost hundred percent. Almost hundred percent. Yeah. And in that I it had been three years probably since I had been sick like that. So it was my time. Like it's gonna happen occasionally. Feeling so much better. But feeling like that and then and having to like ship fish Man. <laughs> the when you're sick, all you want to do is be like, okay, I'm not doing anything today. I'm gonna lay in bed, right? Uh, But sometimes you have to do stuff and that's sick. Uh, Like my respect for farmers back in the day is skyrocketed (laughs) back in the day when you had to do it because you would die if you didn't like if, if you were super sick, you still had to take care of stuff or you wouldn't be able to grow and produce your own food. Man, that had to have been tough. Sheesh. And they didn't have like Tylenol and Advil and all that stuff codeine oh Tristan <laughs> schuster last question oh no worries man i love the questions if you were to breed the fry that doesn't have a hyphen wouldn't they still carry the gene can they still produce hyphen babies okay so let me show you something here i'm going to see if i can find this really quick oops ah hang on geez hang on real quick i just screwed something up um okay Uh, where is it? Um, Michael Wilson shared with me a sheet on the inter- in- inheritance chart for that, which I'm trying to find real quick. I might not be able to. Okay. It's not there. Let me check one other spot. It's real quick. Cause this is worth looking at. This will s- make everything visual and easy to understand. Okay. It's not there. Um, try one more thing. No, I'm not gonna be able to do it. Um, but yes, if you breed a, like say a short fin male to a hyphen female, then I think it's 25% of the baby. Oh, so I think it's 25% of the total babies, including the ones that died in utero, so to speak, um, will be high fin. So, yes, if, they, if, if there was one of the parents was high finned, then you can breed two short fins together. And I believe you'll still get a percentage of those that are high fin. Now, without consulting that chart, I, I don't remember exactly what the proportions are in things because it's not I'm not library geek enough that it's you know up here. That's killifish for me. The killifish stuff is mostly up here, but all the other groups, I have to kind of look up stuff. Um, <laughs> but yes, I believe so. I just forget which percentage. Cheshire Cat. Hey, great to see you. I've read a few vague com- comments in the past about fish releasing hormones. Yes, the good stunt or slow fry growth, but I can't find much more about this. Any thoughts on this? My thought is that I've never yet seen a study on it. Um. So it's anecdotal. I don't know how true that is, like how much it actually affects things. The the theory is this, that fish release hormones that inhibit competition. So if those hormones in the water reach a certain level, um, then the fish growth rate will be retarded. So if you keep a whole bunch of little fish in a small body of water, then they're likely to not grow as big. That's the theory. I I have yet to see a study on it and I confess, it's not something that I've been like, I need to study that and gone and looked for the studies and stuff. So they might very well be out there. Um, I'm just saying that I hear that a lot, but I've never seen someone say like, you know, the hormone thing and like, here's the source for this comment. So I think I don't know if it's just hobby lore or not. There's so many things that happen when you have a lot of fish in a small body of water, like a big batch of fry in, a, in an aquarium. Um, hormones aside, maybe that's happening. And if it is, maybe that's the effect they're having. Hormones aside, there's just a quick buildup of wastes. There's um, all kinds of stuff. Ammonia is likely to spike. Even if not, though, just the water quality itself is not as good. And so for me personally, the the challenge i think we need to focus on is not what are hormones doing to this group of fish because that might be doing it or toxins that are resulting from crowded conditions might be doing it there's all kinds of things that could be doing it but the fact is too many fish in too little water without enough water changes hampers growth whatever the reason um, we can debate that so the trick is very frequent water changes right or a large aquarium with a few fry in it, things like that. So crowding does result in retarded growth. I'm not sure whether or not the cause is some kind of inhibition hormone that's released. It it doesn't make sense to me because if I'm trying to grow, why would I release a hormone that inhibits growth? Because it's going to inhibit my growth as well, right? So I don't know. I don't know. But someone here could be like, here's the link and there could be a scientific paper that I could go to right now and read and be like, oh, this totally happens. Like, I just don't know. But I know that water changes are the key. Um, the, The whole trick to keeping fry is keep a ton of food in front of them, like all the time if you can, while keeping the water chemistry clean. That's the trick. And that's why with fry it's tons of food and tons of water changes. Or massive tank, tons of food, less water changes, but probably lots of plants. So, yeah, I hope that helps. Sorry I don't know that much about the hormones themselves. Aquarium Maniac, where can you find Mexican cave tetras? Oh, they're out there. Um, Honestly, I I think if you did a quick Google search, said said, you know, for sale blind cave tetras. Maybe leave the Mexican off because that's not always a trade name. It's blind cave tetra. They don't always call it they don't always call it Mexican blind cave Tetra. Um, let's do it right now. Let's look. Okay. Here we go to the Google machine for sale, blind cave Tetra. They're very common in the hobby. Here you go. Arizona aquatic gardens has some, um, I wouldn't get them there. Just saying, I should, uh, how do I do this? Read the reviews before you buy there. Um, Oh, is that the only place? That cannot be the only place that has those for sale right now. Well, I don't, I mean, we'd have to look, but I bet you that we could find a few sources of them if we really dug in. Um, Let's check and see if Get Gills has them. Let's see here. Any blind cave tetras here anyone see any or know of any doesn't look like it um okay then we have to go to Aquabid. (laughs) i'm literally promoting my competition right now nope they don't have any either oh yes they do so sharkalope industries is selling them six of them for 18 bucks that's a great price i have to say um yeah, so there they are. Now, local pet stores often have these. They're kind of a neat fish, right? It's a blind Tetra. That's that's kind of cool. So um, local pet stores often sell them. If you have a local pet store, it might be worth looking into that. <laughs> i'm a bad businessman i'm like let me take you to my competition competition and set you up um <laughs> chewy ltd i do believe you can find it by looking up uh homozygous in sword tails. okay let's check that out homozygous in sword tails. i know that with just a, a more searching i could totally find it um in fact, I, I saved it onto my computer somewhere. It's just that it makes for pretty bad TV, so to speak, to spend a lot of time looking for it. So I didn't see it right there. I'm not going to spend any more time just because I don't want to bore people. Kelly's Aquatics. FYI, I found the red-eye African tetras at Wet Spot. Cool. I have six in tonight to go with my lone one. Thanks for watching. Out for them for me. Okay, so you're. I'm glad you got some. Um, yeah. I never saw them on the list, but I'm glad you found some at Wet Spot. And it's Wet Spot. I mean, they generally have pretty good stuff. Cheshire Cat. I have 11 or so platy fry in a container, so it's been on my mind. Yes, I remove all their waste daily, but of course, I don't want to unknowingly stunt, be stunting them. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and you're doing it right. Change the water every day? I mean if you're doing it in the evening it might not hurt to change it in the morning too if you can you know everyone's schedule is different i know you're in college and you know school can be really busy i I spent 10 years in college i get it um geez if i could do my life again (laughs) it's like i'm 40 now i think i finally know what i should do i'm gonna go back to my 20s and do it again if I could take the knowledge I have with me, like we've all had that thought, right? Anyway. Um, But yeah, I'm just, I mean, all you can do is as many water changes as you can. That's, that's all you can do. Cherish, do you know? Oh, wait, I missed one. Chewy, blind cave, a blind fish. Not only Tetris, but the Lamperlogus as well. Yeah, they're pretty cool. The, that lamprologus, I, I never knew there was a blind cichlid until last live stream, I believe, when it was brought to my attention. That's a cool fish. I've never seen it for sale. I've never heard of it. I don't know if it's in the hobby or not, but if it were, or if it is, then yeah, I, that, that's just kind of cool, right? Cheerish. sorry, I'm back to you. Do you know if there are any snails or shrimp that eat parasitic that eat parasitic eggs and fish poop after deworming them. Hard to gravel vac my carpeted tank. I use a 20-gallon QT now. Just curious. So are there any parasites that use snails as an intermediate host that could infect your fish, I think is the question. The answer is I know that there's a few. I don't know if they're in our aquariums. I don't know how common they are, if they are in our aquariums, and I don't know which ones they are. So, yes, that happens in nature. Um, although, from what I remember in that cycle, I believe there's also a bird involved in that. Like snail to bird to fish, and maybe there's humans in there somewhere in some cases. Um, Yeah, I'm going to stop answering that question because obviously I'm rambling because I don't know for sure. (laughs) So possibly I wouldn't know which ones and I wouldn't know if it actually happens in aquariums. Go Fish Aquatics. It's only cool if you're not the blind one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really neat that, you know, anything we don't use just disappears. How how organisms conserve their energy to create what they need. And if something isn't needed, it takes energy. Like your body um, burns power, right? The equivalent of about a hundred watt, watt light bulb. So you're burning power. Well, some of that power is going to your eyes to see, right? So if you lived in a completely dark environment, you would after a few generations, after time you know realize is some level not in your brain but in your dna that hey we don't need this anymore stop putting energy into that so that you can conserve energy or maybe put the energy somewhere more useful it's just super neat and we to see that with the fish they get they go into a cave after a while that's gone because now they can put that energy elsewhere um, I just think it's really cool to think about. And then I, there's been studies done where they've taken fish like that into light and they start developing eyes again. So I don't know. It's really cool to just how nature compensates for things and puts its resources and energy to the absolute best, most efficient uh, use that it, that it can, I suppose. Um, Cheshire Cat. Two still in the main tank seem bigger, but it's hard to tell, probably. One is maybe 1.5 to two times bigger than the container fry, I believe that. However, it's also bigger than the other fry in the same tank. So, yeah, I mean, if you have fry in a small container and fry in an aquarium that's bigger and is a more stable system, almost always the fry in the larger tank are going to um, to grow faster and grow bigger. Yep, because it's it's super hard in that small container to keep the conditions as optimal as they are in the larger, well established system of an aquarium. Yeah. I've noticed that too if I move fish around. Sure. Churish. Oh, wait. Sorry. Yep. Oh, it's not Churish. It's CH Irish. Ah. Is that right? Oh, that would be Churish. Yeah. CH Irish or Churish. I'm not sure which. Mainly, I was asking to see if I could get the snails and shrimp to remove them. Oh, that I don't know. I don't know if there's snails and shrimp that will prey on the parasites um, to help remove the eggs. As like a control measure, I have no idea. Sorry, Uh, that's a new one to me. If you find out that there are, please come back and let me know. That would be amazing to find that out. All right, well, we've reached the. Oh, candy overhaul. CH Irish. Oh, it is CH Irish. Okay, cool. <laughs> Trish, Chinese and Irish. Oh, got it. Got it. Awesome. So, CH Irish, right? I mean, or compact it into Cheerish. <laughs> Anyway, we've reached the bottom of the chat. We've been going for an hour and forty-four minutes. I think it's time to call it. I am excited to go watch the replay of Corey's live stream with Dean and learn more about the fish industry and the farms he visited and all that stuff. Oh wait, Candy's helping me out. C H I Rish. Oh, so it's not C H Irish. It's C H I Rish. Oh, Chirish. Chirish. Yes? Chirish. Did I do it? Did I do it? Chirish. Help me out here. There's a little delay. I want to make sure. <laughs> Did I get it right? <laughs> the website will not let me check out, it says shipping needs to be reset. Huh, G Bear? Um, okay, G Bear, let me check into that. I'm going to end the stream and then I'll jump on to the site and get Jonathan looking at that to see what that means. Um, I wonder if, you know, I I wonder if somehow some combinations were selected that just don't go together, and so it didn't work. I will get Jonathan looking at that uh, right now, actually, G-Bear. All right, night, everybody. We're going to end this finally. Everyone's been like, wait, is he ending? Is he not? Is he ending? Is he not? We're ending... We do this 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time every Wednesday, so hopefully we'll see you next week. Um, To anyone that gave a super chat, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, so appreciated. Never required, but makes the wife super happy. To my mods, I don't know, what do I say? My mods are awesome. And they give and they give and they give, and they're just so generous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To everyone that asked questions and commented, thanks, because that's what makes this happen. It would be boring without you. And for all you that kind of helped out with other people in the chat, uh, thanks for that. And all you lurkers, I feel you. Until next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Thanks. Have a good one. Um-